What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. And before we say anything else, Happy New Year! It is 2020. Wow. A whole lot of stuff has honestly happened. You know, you think about everyone talking about what's been happening the last decade. We're in a new decade. So much has changed with technology. So much has changed with Apple. I mean, we're in the age now where we're starting to see legitimately foldable screens. This is crazy. So what I wanted to do with this episode is when we talk about 2020, the year always starts when you're talking about tech, CES 2020 in Las Vegas. Now, you know that I'll be heading out there. I'll be doing a whole bunch of coverage. I'll be looking at all the latest 5G gadgets, all the latest foldables. What else? What else? Oh, big screen TVs, smart devices, And I'm sure there's always going to be a couple things that kind of surprise us and come out of nowhere that could indicate what another trend is. Obviously, 8K, 5G is going to be everywhere. But to kind of jump on this theme of the show with CES coming and still related to Apple, we got to talk about the smart home. So what I did is I brought in my friend Patrick Coleman, the CEO of Future Automation and Design. It's a luxury home automation company. We talked about everything about what is happening in the smart home space. Where does Apple stand with all this? What do they need to do? I honestly learned a whole lot about it. It was really fun for me. So I hope it's just as fun for you. Also, to be a part of the show, hey, you know what to do? Call in applebitsshow at gmail.com. Record a voice memo. Send it through your name, where you're from, your comments, your criticisms, your good apples, your bad apples, all of that. Be a part of the show. Show. That's applebits with a Z. And then the other big thing, thank you so much for your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is what keeps this podcast and really all my content going. You support me. You allow me to do this. I would love for your support in 2020. It starts only at $2 per month, goes up to $5, $10, $25, $100 for the platinum level. And what you get is a lot of different perks here. You get early access to content. You get bonus kind of goodies that I can send to you depending on your level. And the biggest thing, a completely ad-free version of the show. So if I've given you any value over what, I guess the past year and a half that if I've done this and you would like to give some of that value back, I would greatly appreciate it and it allows me to continue to do this. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support the show. All right, let's just jump into it. Here's Patrick and I talking about the smart home. All right, everybody, Patrick Coleman here in the house for the AppleBits XL, president and CEO of Future Automation and Design. First time guest on the show. Patrick, welcome, sir. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored. Been a oh, fan man. for a long time, Brian. So before we start, Patrick, um, I need to tell people how we actually met and how you ended up on this show, because I think it's always fun how organic <laughs> these things can be. Um, we yeah. were in line at D23 this year in Anaheim. And you basically came up to me and said hi, right? Yeah, I was just like, uh, didn't mean to bother you, but uh, you look a lot like Brian Tong. <laughs> and I'm like, I am Brian Tong. <laughs> the coolest thing was like, you were so like, you know, humble about it. And I was like, man, I've been watching you since, you know, CNET days. And I used to watch you and like uh, the guys at uh, Dignation and mm-hmm. Kevin Rose. And you oh, guys man. were really the only three that I would watch. Um, and, uh, we used to love, you know, the craziness of that, especially with you and iPads and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I made out with a few in my time. Let's, let's, yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. real. Let's yeah. Be yeah. Real. But it, informative, informative and funny. I'm all about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was just awesome to bump into you and I guess, yeah, just a uh, coincidence, I guess. Yeah. And you know what? So the reason why he's, uh, 
Patrick's on the show is that as we, you know, I love to talk and get to know people that say hi, and you're really deep into the whole smart home business, but specifically, you are the present CEO of your country, con- country company, that too, I guess. <laughs> so could you kind of tell yeah. people at home what you do and give them an idea of your expertise and really why you're here on the show because of your smarts, man? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And uh, it's very humbling. I'll try to uh, not BS my way through this. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I I guess you could call me kind of a general on the front lines out there of uh, smart home tech and home automation. Uh, Been doing this for a couple decades now, started way back in the retail space and uh, started uh, up my own thing about 13 years ago. Basically, we do we design, we install program and maintain um, everything from home networks to high-end theaters, audio video, home automation, integrated security system cameras, uh, high-end and, and medium to low-end occasionally, if, uh, if, uh, depending on how you know, busy we are and things like that. And it's, uh, it's just been a lot of fun. It's constantly changing. It's constantly uh, busy. And uh, we're learning every day. Every day we learn something new. We do go you know, get certified and trained. Uh, we're part of uh, the CEDIA um, membership affiliation, and CEDIA is the Custom Electronics Design Association, uh, and they basically are <clears throat> kind of like what architects have, which is called AIA, and and interior uh, designers have ACID, mm-hmm. and those are their affiliations that basically keep them up to par, you know, uh, updated and and certified on all the newest stuff that comes out, and also uh, maintain a certain level of professionalism, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a uh, yeah, it's just. It's pretty cool to be in this and you know and work with all these people. We work with architects, builders, interior designers, and uh, and basically, obviously, the homeowner, the end user. What I find fascinating, Patrick, is that you know you said you started your company 13 years ago, and this is really before you know people needed help with tech solutions and networking. But this is really before the smart home has evolved into the smart home it has become over the past. I would guess I would say rapidly what the past three to five years is really where it started to take off. I mean, you could correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but. It's been crazy. Um, that that type of acceleration, you've seen it really start from the beginning, right? Yeah, I mean, Internet of Things, IoT is kind of like a bad word now <laughs> in our industry. <laughs> Everybody's tired of hearing it um, because it signifies a lot of you know, like DIY stuff and and uh, you know people you know wanting more and trying things out. And I'll get into that a little bit later, hopefully. But um, but yeah, basically, it's just. Um, you know, it's been changing so fast. When I started doing this, you know, 20 years ago, I was in a, in a, in a high-end mom and pop shop that did hi-fi and high-end audio and, you know, audio file and video file stuff with like theaters and all that. And I could see that the internet landscape was really changing a lot of things. And people were really wanting more internet connected devices to start this thing called, you know, home automation. It was really getting, you know, started back then. And uh, a couple of the brands that I that I carry, you know, also started about 15 years ago because they saw the need and and really came up with all the solutions to make everybody work together. That's that's awesome. So, Patrick, I'm going to start off just to give people some context of just kind of some general stats to kind of wrap their brain Mm -hmm. around. And then Mm -hmm. we'll kind of go from there. This was kind of a fun stat that I first pulled out just to kind of see how smart homes have evolved and exploded. Predictions um, say that there will be 70.6 million smart home households by 2023 that's nearly double the amount from 2018 so in just two years that's gonna that's it's already exploding but it's gonna explode even more household penetration of smart homes right now is 33.2 percent in 2019 as expected to hit 53.9 by 2023 so 
The question that I have is, is a smart home just defined as any, I mean, it is a loose definition, but is just having basically an Alexa device technically considered a smart home? I I don't think it is. I think people want it to to be. It's really interesting the definition I get when I'm out in the field and I'm doing you know in home consultations and meeting with different people from different uh, backgrounds and different technical knowledge or mostly you know no technology at all. And a lot of them think that home automation is lighting, smart lighting. And when they talk about voice control, they're usually talking about Alexa or Google. Um, uh, Apple HomePod, uh, unfortunately never really gets mentioned because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, the stats say Alexa, we'll Google, yeah. yeah, they have a huge foothold in this. Um, I think there's a difference between smart devices and a smart home because mm. I, I do associate smart home and smart home automation is kind of the same thing, mm. but smart home devices are the individual devices that can eventually make up a smart home. Yeah. You know, we talk about, we just alluded to the market share and this is, uh, the most recent breakdown, this is from August of this year. So it's relatively recent, but it's pretty much held over the past year or so. So here's for people that want to know, and I'm curious to ask you, have you seen this as well with your installs? Alexa devices, according to um, the Marketing Land Report, maintains 70% market share in the US. Google Home, 25% of the market. And dear old little Apple HomePod, five percent now which is real i mean you know you're really talking about a big two and five percent not making a dent and there's there's a lot of reasons for that um according to the cirp more than 50 percent of sales are entry-level devices for amazon echo dot and google home mini and we know that those devices are under 50 bucks apple's homepod at least they recently lowered the retail price to 299 and there are some sales right now but it initially started at 349 so just the cost, how prohibitive that is and how open the platforms are versus Apple being very tight to the chest with what devices do or do not work with HomeKit. And that's why I just completely left them in the dust there. Have you seen requests from customers when they want to set up their home? Does this does this match that? Or I sometimes feel like a lot of people that are mm-hmm. Apple users are like, hey, I want to Appleify my home. And you might be like, well, 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 wait up. It's not really the most compatible. Yeah, we've had, you know, people that are high up executives at Apple and, and other, you know, very heavy Mac households that don't even mention a uh, HomePod as something that they want. <laughs> I think that HomePod, and as much as I love Apple and I adore all their products, the HomePod for me is kind of just like a Sonos competitor. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're trying to go after that good quality sound, which is why it has that higher price point. Cause it does cost a lot to make better quality sound and speakers is a, an area that I, that I love. But, you know, throwing Siri on top of that doesn't make it really in the same playing field as, you know, a $49 Echo Dot or, or, or you know, a Google unit. You know, so it's what I'm seeing is Alexa. I mean, the, that 70 percent makes sense that that's pretty much what I'm seeing out in the field where almost everybody and their grandmother has an Alexa of some sort. <laughs> in their house. Is there... Are there any trends, other trends, you know, we're going to bounce around. I don't want to bury people's mm-hmm. heads with stats, but what are some of the big trends that you see in smart homes right now? And what are people kind of requesting the most right now? It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, um, you know, it, it used to be just the everyday high-end TVs or really nice TVs or really nice speakers and, and all that. And it was kind of like wash, rinse, repeat for like the last 15 or so years, right? And it's interesting how things have started to evolve to 
uh, voice control and to like motorized shades, believe it or not. Mm. And a lot of people don't even associate like motorized shades to, you know, home automation, but the feature set that you get with those things and what we, what we can do with it when we integrate all these subsystems together is pretty amazing where, you know, I had a guy out here in the South Bay of LA who said, who's got this amazing house with this 180 degree view of like Santa Monica um, (laughs) Bay. And he's like, I want to follow the sun with my shades so that it doesn't ruin my furniture and it doesn't ruin, you know, my wood floors. Oh and I'm like, God. so a lot of times I get my best ideas from my clients. I'm like, huh? I said, you know what? We can do that. So we put it on a schedule different times a year wow. to rotate the shades from left to right to go down and up in certain percentages and follow the, the, the path of the sunset or sunrise. Wow. And I was like, this is so cool because also a lot of people don't know that motorized shades also reject a lot of uh, heat so you can actually save money on your heating and air conditioning bills by having motorized shades come down or go up at certain times. Um, it's really, it's really neat. And then there's also been uh, video walls. Um, video walls used to be outrageously expensive and mostly for commercial use. And a lot of people are requesting to be able to do some type of tiling on their TVs. Uh, you know, you could have one television that could have like four, four or eight or 16 different little images on it, kind of like a sports bar. So mm-hmm. you can rotate between one thing to the next for the, you know, the absolute, you know, insane, no budget <laughs> type of solution. <laughs> and we do, we do, we do cover a lot of budgets. You know, we, we get the guy that has says like, Hey, I got a, a condo in LA and I, I want to get a nice TV and a nice setup and, and maybe add an Alexa to it. So we'll do that for him. But then we have the other guy who's like a top one percenter mm-hmm. and says, you know, I want it all. I want a massive, you know, 25 foot wide video screen. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. So the demand is definitely uh, the most I've seen interest in recently is uh, voice control and shades. And is, is, um, with the voice control, how, how off, how much of your customer base is pretty well versed on it? Or they just say, I just want voice control generically. Do they, do they outright call out for Alexa or Google or Apple? Or they kind of just like, I just want a voice controlled home system where they want to do as little thinking as possible. You just basically have to set it up and then keep it, at least ideally it keeps main, it maintains itself. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting um, on, on that question because Alexa has, you know, it's, it's foothold because they, they started off first. I was actually a beta tester for the earlier Alexas, you know, from a, a, someone that I knew that was doing voice programming on it. And I got to beta test the product and actually try it out. And I was really impressed with it because we actually carried as a control four dealer, which is one of our big, big home automation brands. We carried, other products in the past that were voice control that never really did it for us. And I, um, I tried out Alexa and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, it can really catch my voice from pretty far away. And, um, but the caveat that I saw was, okay, why are these things so inexpensive? Mm-hmm. It's because they're, you know, capturing ad dollars, major revenue from everything that everybody says <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, and nothing's really private. And then the other thing was you have to really be specific with Alexa and you have to say, and that was the customer complaint that we would get. And so they would be kind of, you know, we would take a control for system and have it talk to Alexa and, but the customers would have to follow a script and say, or make mm-hmm. sure that you say, turn on the lights to 50% in the family room yes. or turn on overhead lights. And then Alexa would say, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Did you, you have duplicate devices? And mm-hmm. then they would just stop using it after like a, a year or two. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was weird. And then there was this, uh, this product that I discovered two years ago that at that time was really high end. It's in our channel of Cedia and, and the expo that we have in Denver every year. 
and it was called Josh.ai, this company from a guy who, who is this brilliant programmer, young guy, who also teamed up with one of the uh, creators of Quark Express, who's also a coder, even in his 60s, who created this platform that doesn't use any, they, they don't depend on ad dollars, they're not recording you, it's total privacy. And they decided to do like a, a smart home machine learning system where you could do long sentences to this thing. It, it works really good with uh, integrators like us because whether you're doing Crestron or Control4 or Savant or any of the big brands um, or even just doing a small standalone system with Josh, you could tell this thing, turn off the lights, watch Breaking Bad season one, episode two, and roll the shades down all in one sentence. And you don't even have to tell it where you are. And it already knows because it's so much more powerful than Alexa. So it's interesting because just over the past 12 months, we have slowly gotten away from using Alexa and, and Google for any of those voice integrations and have moved you know, closer to uh, using Josh. And Josh keeps uh, you know, uh, developing itself further and further with more features that we just call our customers out up and say, you know, try this out. This works now. And you didn't even know about it. Neither did we until last week. <laughs> you know, so it's, <laughs> it's really, it's been really a really cool thing. And it's not a brand that you'll see, you know, advertised everywhere or have Super Bowl commercials or anything like that, like Sonos used to do. But uh, it is a brand that is going to be massive. I mean, they, they, they're doing some really cool things over there. And it's and the, the privacy aspect and the machine learning aspect of how powerful it is and its room awareness and where it's going is uh is pretty impressive so this okay let me guess the ceo's name is josh no <laughs> no <laughs> no uh, the, the ceo's name is alex uh i want to say that, uh, i'm probably gonna butcher his last name but i think it's kappa cilatro mm-hmm. uh, we call him alex c and uh just a brilliant guy who uh i think he worked for like nasa and went to mit a bunch of things like that really really smart dude and uh he saw the need for it and he, he didn't necessarily come from our industry either and he saw alexa and google homepod and all these other ones Oh, sorry, I just said Google HomePod. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, they're all one word. They're all one word. <laughs> they're all one word, yeah. <laughs> Alexa HomePod, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he uh, he saw the need uh, for, for, for this to be you know done properly and um, blew us away with the demo. And when I met them two years ago, that product was like 10,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I said, this might even be a hard sell for like our 1%, one percenters. What about all the average Joes that we do systems for out there? And I waited, and sure enough, just a year or two later, they came out with this thing for like 599 bucks. And yes, it's way more expensive than an Alexa, but there's no ad revenue there, you know? But they're, also, they're not, yeah. they're not but making al- up for it with that. The hardware's in there, and, and the servers are private, you know? But, but also, like, to your point, it's so fascinating because I, I never heard of Josh AI until now, so mm-hmm. that's why I love the fact that you're here to kind of educate us because the number one problem that we have with these voice assistants, even so, right, the first generations, you literally had to learn an exact script. Now they're a little looser and a little more malleable, but there are still plenty of times where it still doesn't understand you, even if you say the right combination of words. And yeah. so this Josh AI thing is fascinating me because that's probably the the biggest issue that I have with these voice assistants, awesome when they work, yeah. annoying AF when they don't work because they just sometimes don't understand you properly enough. And even, totally, if, you're, totally. uh, even if you're enunciating it, saying it the right rhythm or uh-huh. not, and so other times they'll just hear it and you're like, I, I barely said anything and, and it, it gets you sometimes. So I know, and, 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 and you're a super smart uh, tech guy. I'm in this industry as well. It doesn't matter how much we like tweak the, the app <laughs> or the script on it. it. It screws up on us. My, my Echo Spot does that on a regular basis. 
And I'm just like, I'm done with this, you know? And, and as soon as I put Josh in my home to, cause I, I like to use my house as a beta test testing ground, you know, for all these new brands that are introduced into our industry. And I was blown away. Mm-hmm. They, they, because Roku and Sonos kind of have a more open, uh, more open API, they worked directly with those two guys first. So like that example of, you know, go find Breaking Bad season one, episode one. Yeah. Josh automatically knows to turn on the TV, turn on the receiver, switch to the correct input, boot up the Roku, go specifically into Netflix and find Damn, that. That's it's wild. That's that <laughs> for people that aren't too smart home savvy, that's not common. Like Yeah, yeah. You have to at least turn on your home theater system in one step, which is already a task of its own for most people to set up. I mean, I have it set up through Logitech Harmony One, but then yeah. to ask it and for it to prompt the app. So quick question, because now you got me curious and I'm sure people are. Josh AI, it's its own sp- uh, speaker box. Is that for the record? So the unit is, the hardware is called the Josh Micro. Okay. And it comes in white or black. It looks similar in size to like a HomePod. Sorry, I keep saying HomePod. It's Sorry. Okay. I, it's similar to the uh, the Google uh, or, or Alexa, you know, or Amazon Echo Dot little bit bigger than those but it has like an interactive uh touchpad on the top so let's say you have phillips hue lights um you can all of a sudden now change the color and the dimming of it by touching the touchpad in addition to yeah it's got all these crazy features on it it just goes on and on and (laughs) at our industry trade show back in september in denver like everybody's looking at the new sony tvs which are amazing the projectors the awesome speaker systems the theaters right Josh's booth was so jam-packed every day that you could barely talk to anybody. And it's because they're doing something that's like on a Star Trek level and I'm, it's available now, which is so cool. I'm looking at it right now. It looks like kind of like a ha- a bowl turned upside down, but on that yeah. bowl, you can see that color ring of light. Um this yep. is this is this is awesome. And this is exciting because this is the type of stuff, you know, that I want to find out about. Now, I do have a question as we kind of we'll we'll back and forth kind of connect this to Apple. You you've seen how all these ecosystems are moving. Obviously, there's clearly a whole lot of excitement behind Josh AI. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it back on Apple and ask you, what are some things that they can do to get competitive in this market, whether it's too late or not? What are, from what you see, what do you think they need to do to at least be a player where they're more in the conversation right now? Fine, they're 5%. But if they want to make moves, what do you think that they need to do? If you had to give them like, here's the three bullet points that HomeKit needs to really address. I think once these large Silicon Valley companies see the growth uh, of this market and what we call the CI channel, the custom install channel and home automation and smart homes, they will start doing things like like Roku and, and, and other brands. Um, you know, what, it's Apple, when they came out with their Apple TV app, and then said it was available on Roku and Amazon Fire. I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's huge for all of us because it's such a small thing for Apple and a huge thing for all the end users. Because even as of recently, Apple uh, uh, upgraded to the new tvOS, which actually broke third-party <laughs> IP control from most of the brands like Control 4, uh, Crestron, and such. Where we now can't all the homes that we've installed Apple TVs in, we can't serious? control them now, and we have to do these blanket emails to our clients. <sighs> wow! An email blast saying, "Please do not update your TVOS because you will lose control." All the Roku's that were installed that that are you know basically half the price of the Apple TV, no, no problems at all, no issues whatsoever. So I think Apple has the strength to see this uh, on a corporate level. I think that they just need to look at our channel and see this a massive amount of opportunity and growth. And realize that once, you know, that just like they released also AirPlay, 
you know, to some to some uh, Samsung TVs and, and and I think Sony's as well. That that was huge as well because people want that. They want it to be a little bit more open and and HomePod with the sound quality and with Siri, if it was an open platform, would would do huge. It would be huge for our industry. But they're just and Apple Music is another one too. It's just not it's not uh, it's not there yet. Another example was you know we installed uh, several years back Nest thermostats when they first came out. They required like a third party license to make them talk to uh, home automation systems. And then Google decided to update all those over the air <laughs> or nested before, before Google bought them out, actually <laughs> broke all connection. So you're talking about these people, you know, living in the Hollywood Hills or celebrities, or whatever, <laughs> who can't, you know, adjust their heat or AC. I'm getting a call at midnight <laughs> and I'm like, let me, let me call Google really quick. Let me call the CEO and make sure <laughs> that they make that change. So uh, the unfortunate part is like all this integration that we do at the end of the day, we are the the small guy who's got to figure out a solution when this kind of stuff happens because it's totally out of our control. So, I mean, I think Apple, and I, I, I absolutely idolize their products. It's amazing, you know, what they've done, you know, and uh, I just wish that they would make it a little bit more, more open because that is the common problem, you know, that all of us programmers and business owners in this channel, you know, complain about. Well, I, I think it's a crazy story from the standpoint of you are truly, when you set up these, these are people, most of them that just, tell you a great crazy idea and mm -hmm. they say hey uh patrick and your team make it work and you guys make it work and then it mm -hmm. breaks not because of you guys but it breaks right. because of <laughs> the companies who are say hey we got a new software update whoop to do and then you know i guess there is some understanding by these uh customers of yours but it still doesn't make it easier any easier on you when it happens because they're like it doesn't work and you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it work patrick and with like, and no notice to whatsoever. <laughs> it's usually we have to find it from like the back end, uh, you know, coders and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like for example, like control four, which is our, 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 our main home automation product that we sell. They, they work with 14,000 different, uh, products and brands compare that to home kit. And it, once again, oh, disclaimer, yeah. as much as I love HomeKit, HomeKit works with how many? Like maybe a few hundred? Yeah, a couple even, hundred. If, if it's even that? Yeah. yeah. It was like just, I think it was just under or barely over 200 the last time I checked. I mean, it was it's embarrassing. Yeah. And I'm sure that Apple also probably, I mean, they might have done this by on purpose as well, updating the tvOS because they want Apple TV to be the, the hub for HomeKit, you know? So maybe they just want to, you know, disconnect any ties or any kind of, uh, you know, compatibility with other other brands. It's, you know, it's though it's this foresight or I think I'm sure Apple feels it now, especially when, look, they, I say it all the time, Apple could have had this space, right? I mean, they had mm -hmm. Siri well before anyone. There were talks internally that they were working on some sort of a smart home hub and then they shifted over to a speaker Obviously, Amazon and Google, they're like, hey, we're going to open up the floodgates. So developers, if you want to make uh, an ocean waves sound command to play a calming ambient track, you can be anyone and do it, right? Apple's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. This is our <laughs> ecosystem. This is our, you know, coming from a position where they used to dominate so much. They're almost so used to dominating a space that it's not fathomable that some other company could really undermine them. And this is just one huge space where you saw that arrogance and that lack of being open really bite them in the ass. It hasn't hurt them from an iPhone standpoint because that is mm -hmm. such a core part of our lives that was established a long time ago. So that that kind of ecosystem 
was established a long time ago. But for the smart home ecosystem, mm-hmm. they've they've lost ground so much because of because of how they maybe thought a little too highly of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, the the, the smart home, you know, uh, category is really going to be like the next smartphone category. Mm-hmm. So whoever's leading on this now, the funny thing is, you know, obviously Amazon, you know, try to make a phone. We saw what happened with that. And, you know, Apple's good <laughs> at a lot of a lot of things, a lot of, you know, they're good, great at software and at hardware. And if they opened it up, I mean, they would just destroy the smart home market and become the leader in it really quickly. But it's just been really interesting to watch um, Amazon take the lead on this and uh, just all just from a voice device. Do you if you had to see the tides change? Let's let's just have for fun project into five or ten years from now. Do you think Amazon will still be the leader, or do you see maybe Google take? To, I you know, Josh AI, although amazing, might be still a little too niche to build momentum, but it, it can be that. But in the next five to ten years, who do you think might be the leader, or at least threatening to take over Amazon? I mean, I feel like I feel like Apple has the power and the you know the R and D and and just obviously the resources mm-hmm. to be a major fighter in this with, with Google. I think Google will always be popular with the, the Android um, crowd and um, Android's a great platform as well. And, you know, but it's, it doesn't give you the, the huge numbers that Apple always posts with their iPhones, you know, the iPhone sales. That's why I feel like the smart home category will be taken over by possibly by, by the ones that are, have a huge foothold in the smartphone category, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is definitely Apple. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Samsung, who knows? Samsung's doing some interesting things as well. But Bixby isn't exactly uh, <laughs> sought after uh, not, these days for voice control. Not not, not too highly. Um, what yeah. are, so I have some other different smart home stats and I wanted to see how they jive because you talked a lot about video entertainment. In this um, safe, smart living survey, they kind of threw out a bunch of stats and predictions about mm-hmm. the smart home of the future. And one of them that stuck out to me that says, the most popular products in 2019 based on percentage, number one, video entertainment is 43%, followed by smart speakers at 17%, home monitoring and security at 16.8%, while lighting and thermostat were lower on the list with 6.8% and 2.3%. Now, this this actually kind of surprised me because for me, and maybe I'm an outlier, when I got into the whole smart home, the thing that I was fascinated by was light smart light bulbs and the thermostat mm-hmm. were the two things that I bought first. And then I got the whole Logitech system for my home theater. I, I kind of did opposite. Are you seeing that more people are saying for your customer base, videotainment first, and then the lights and the thermostat are lower priority for them? I would say it's interesting. I would say lighting is one of the biggest ones. Um, maybe the survey is, maybe the survey is wrong, but I'm just curious what you, what you're seeing. Yeah. And when they say smart speakers, you know, that really just translates to things like obviously the, you know, Amazon, Google products and Apple products, you know, mm-hmm. for like, and Sonos, things like that, you know. Um, but a lot of my clients are going for, you know, speakers that are in the ceiling, no wires shown, nothing loose, everything's attached to the house, all wired back mm-hmm. and um, talking to those, talking to their house saying, play, play so-and-so in, in, in kitchen at 50% volume, mm-hmm. you know, lower the shades, turn on the lights. I got to say that lights and shades and um, music are huge. And I would say video would actually come forth on that Um, because we watch TV every day. It's not really, it's almost like 
second nature for someone to turn on their TV and watch mm -hmm. it. I don't see many people using voice control that much at all um, for, you know, finding when I, when I show people like on their Apple TV or on Roku, Hey, look, you've got actually this voice control either through the app or through the remote that you can search for comedies or search for movies with Brad Pitt in it or something like that. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like they've never, <laughs> like none of that marketing worked on them. <laughs> and so they have no idea that that exists. Or for me to say, you know, like Apple showed way back, you know, what did he say when you hit them, when you hit Siri and it turns on closed captioning or, or whines for 30 seconds, you know, no one uses that. I show the two of them to like remind them like, Hey, all these existing products that you have, it actually does a lot of cool stuff, but most people either don't know about it or they just don't have the time or don't care. Um, but I would say across the board, definitely lighting and lighting is also affected by shades mm -hmm. and music throughout the house, because when music becomes accessible, it becomes like an everyday thing that people love to use, like to wake up either to listen to, I don't know, a great podcast or music that they want to listen to or wake up to or the news or something like that. And usually they just don't do any of that because they have no keypad around or no voice control. And when you introduce voice control, that's smart and knows exactly what you're asking for. It's it's pretty sweet. It's like total recall. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is it is so true though about how these features that you know we're plugged into what is happening in the tech world for the most part. So we'll be like, oh, that's cool, and we know about it. We don't necessarily use it all the time, but when I think of the general consumer that just says, I just want to tech out my house, they're not gonna they're gonna only know maybe like ten percent of all this stuff is actually possible. Yeah, totally. And they, when they get used to it, I tell them too, because when we, when we install a system, regardless of the budget that someone's going to spend with us, whether it's 5,000 or 500,000, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I tell them, I'm going to give you two months after we're finished programming and installing this the way that we know that most of our customers like it, because you're new to all of this within those two months, I'm not going to charge you to come back or do any tweaks or anything like that, because this will be the period of time where you're going to get used to all this new tech. And you're going to have really cool ideas and ask me like, hey, I noticed that the kitchen could do this. Can we make this happen at that time if it's mm -hmm. such and such? You know, so then you start getting into these really cool things called variables and variable programming where you could say, if it's sunset and I press the home button on my keypad or Damn. say, or say, okay, Josh, I'm home. And then, then we have the variable programming that starts and says, if it's sunset and the garage door was just opened start lighting up a pathway from the hall, from the garage to the kitchen, start playing relaxing music and turn on the kids lights to like 30% to get them ready for bed. <laughs> Yo, I'm, so, I'm shaking my head right now. Like, damn. <laughs> so this is stuff we're doing every day and it's so fun. And that's why like we post on our Instagram, you know, examples of this with video or, or posts just so people can get an idea of what's out there. But, uh, you know, you're not, like I said, you're not seeing any Super Bowl commercials on this stuff, but it is, it is very popular. And that's, I think, why the segment is growing. All right, let's take a breather and thank the sponsor of the show. Guess what? That'd be you. Thank you so much for all of you who are supporting the show at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. But if you're not, look, I'd love your support. It is 2020. This does allow me to keep this podcast going. It allows me to keep all my video content going. I would appreciate it so much. So all you can do is starting at $2 per month. It goes up to $5, $10, $25, and $100 at the platinum level. Support me at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You get early access to all of my content, specifically the podcast. I'll be starting a new podcast this year outside of the world of Apple Tech Plus benefits and some cool things that i send to you depending on the level and the very very basic thing completely 
ad-free version of this podcast. You won't hear this. You won't hear the ads in the beginning. It'll just be pretty much as smooth as possible. So thanks again. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support this show and all my content in 2020. And I would greatly appreciate it. The other thing that you kind of mentioned and alluded to, and I have experience with this, is smart shades. And I don't have any smart shades specifically, but what happened is one of my buddies who lives in the Bay Area, he said, hey, I see there's an Ikea next to you, and it's the only Ikea that has these new smart shades. And I had no idea that smart shades in general are pretty damn expensive. They're, are they around like 500 bucks or so? But Ikea had released a version that was like around $150, and people were just like pillaging these things. So is, is smart shades a thing that has started to gain more momentum as they become more affordable or, or has it been harder for people to jump on because they've been so expensive initially? I don't even know what the rough price is actually. I could be wrong. Yeah. And I was waiting for you to pronounce whatever name I uh, gave those shades. It's probably like a flirt. Yeah. Like it was, a flirt blurt. Yeah, it was, no, it was, it was F-R-Y. I have to look it up. It was like Fyrtin. It's like Fyrtin. I'm going to look and then, it up. And then, the, and then you have Sonos lampshades over there too. Yeah. Lamps that are speakers called the blurt or whatever it's called. It just sounds like the Swedish chef from Muppets. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Smart shades, like the shades that we do are from pretty, you know, well-known brands, Hunter Douglas, Lutron, Qmotion, things like that. And they're all custom made. So we actually come out and, you know, measure oh, wow. the windows and we have uh, fabric swatches so you can actually look at it. Ikea is an interesting solution because it's, it's opening the door and I'm all about it. When, when a door is open to the general public, regardless of what the price point is, then the knowledge comes out there like this exists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for us, we could have somebody say, Hey, I saw at a friend's house, such and such. I'm like, oh yeah, we can do that. We actually have been doing that for a while and it's, it's really cool. But uh, average price, it really depends on the shade. Like if you had a window that was like, let's say two and a half feet by three feet. Yeah, that could be like a $600 or so, mm. $600 or $700 shade. It really depends on the fabric that you choose and all that. But the really cool thing is like what all these guys are doing. Like we get so excited about tech, you know, like, you know, regenerative braking and stuff like that on Teslas and stuff <laughs> like that. But shade companies have been doing that for a really long time when their motors are coming down. These are battery powered mm-hmm. shades that only require like a, a recharge, like once every two years, wow. which is nuts. So you don't even have to have an electrician come out and hardwire anything. You got these shades up there. They can be mounted anywhere. And they look beautiful. Like they finish off the window and, and, and while they're rolling down, they're regenerating that battery power <laughs> using gravity to, to regenerate it. And, uh, you know, and then that's tied to the voice control that's tied to the, the real home automation brands that are out there. And, uh, it, it's just really cool with what you can do with them because that, that becomes lighting control, right? Cause if it's sunlight outside and you're trying to block it or turn it on, that's the same as having, you know, smart lights. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, personal question. What do you have a personal favorite? I know you said Josh AI, which is the hotness. Do you have a personal favorite smart home device right now? It could be a specific mm-hmm. type of product or a specific brand and product. Is there anything that sticks out to you right now that's kind of exciting in this space that maybe people don't know about? But if not, if it's just something simple, you could say that too. Yeah. I mean, it just came out like a week ago. So it's Control Force, uh, brand new remote control. They, they acquired a company from Switzerland called Neo, N-E-E-O. And it's a beautiful piece of... Uh, you know, you know, product design, it's mostly metal. It's a touchscreen remote that has like six buttons on it and everything else comes up to the touchscreen. And it's a wireless rechargeable uh, unit that control for it's interesting as a business owner, you want to go out and, you know, charge for labor to program these things and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. But control Four came out with this remote 
that we set it up on a really nice, you know, dock that it comes with to charge it. And it gets smarter, like every month, a new feature gets added to it over the air from control Four. So they send it out. And then our clients are like, Hey, I've got thermostat control. Now I didn't have that last week. And it has nothing to do with us. <laughs> we just set it up to their Wi Fi, have it find the control for you know, brain in the house. And then they have a new feature like a week later, it's really, really cool. But it, uh, I have pictures of it, like, on the Instagram and on my website and stuff like that. But it's, uh, it's really beautiful. It's like a red dot award winner for design. And it's, uh, it's just really nice to hold because remotes become pretty mundane after a while. <laughs> you had a lot of them. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. It looks, it looks pretty, man. Mm-hmm. It looks real it's really nice. And it controls the whole house, you know, everything, you know, a All lot of thermostats, everything. So is it running, is it like its own proprietary system that talks to HomeKit, talks to Amazon Echo and talks to Google Home. Like it just basically has all the hooks for all those different OSs. Yeah. So it's, it's on its own ecosystem, which is called control Four, and, you know, control Four is that home automation company that started, you know, like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of what I, I bet my company on. And, uh, like I said, they have like 14,000 partners. They, they do Zigbee pro locks. They talk to everybody. They do these complex, uh, programming commands that require a dealer, of course, to do it for you. But like I said, they can cover all budgets Mm -hmm. and, uh, it talks to that system. It will then also integrate with like, you know, uh, different brands of thermostats, you know, lighting shades. I have my Philips hue bulbs being controlled by control Four. Mm -hmm. obviously my Josh system or, or even Alexa can uh, can be be controlled by control four. Uh, believe it or not, I didn't even touch on this. The, the one of the guys who created Alexa for Amazon, uh, 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 what's his name? Charlie, I forgot his last name. Uh, Charlie Kindle. He's the senior vice president of product design for Control Four now. <laughs> He's, he left. He left Amazon. He saw where all this was going, and now he works for product design um, on the highest level at Control Four, and they're doing some some huge things. I kind of just hope that they uh, like acquire Josh or something like that, mm-hmm. so that so we can have all those amazing features. But um, yeah, there's that with, with HomeKit. You know, I, I use all the systems to test them out, and HomeKit is cool. Like you know, it can show my Arlo cameras and some some basic things that I can turn on or off really quick with the Philips Hue. But listen, I mean, this is where it was like uh, 15 years ago. You had like six or seven remote controls, right? <laughs> you had a remote control for your DVD player, your television. You had a remote control for your garage, you had a remote control. If you did have a, any kind of like smart switch or like old X10 stuff, you had all these remotes, right? Nowadays we have 12 apps. <laughs> <laughs> so we got an app for every single individual DIY product that's out there. What control four does is it's all in one app. You have one app that aggregates all these services together and makes, makes it actually enjoyable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if, if your girlfriend is like my wife where she just would have nothing to do with it. If it takes more than like three or four presses of a button, forget about it. It's got to be simple <laughs> and it's got to be just super easy to use and, and be able to do a lot of stuff, you know? So that's, that's why I love the space that I work in because it's a, it's a lot of education and, and, uh, but pulling stuff together is like, you know, it's not like people are having to throw away their, their Apple TVs and their Echo Dots and all that stuff. We can make all this stuff work together. That's that's super cool. I mean, now you got me, ooh, you got me really thinking about what's the next thing for my smart home apartment decked out. Oh, you know what? Also, we got to get you hooked up, man. I know. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> we're gonna. Hey, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. Um, I, I also though had some insight of why uh, your buddy Charlie left Amazon to go to Control mm-hmm. Four. Yeah, because his last name was Kindle. Oh he, my goodness, that's excellent. <laughs> 
I'm just now. I'm, now that's not a bad apple right there. That's a bad no, Amazon right that, there. That's just a horrible joke. That's what that is. That's just horrible. You Kindle. Can, that's right. I, why did I? I didn't even think of that. It's like why you name a product on me? I mean, I'm out of here. Taking uh, my name. Taking and his my daughter's name. name is probably Alexa, huh? I bet you anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you need to find that out for us. Totally will. That's hilarious. Oh, stupid. Um. Okay. So we have all this coming down the pipeline. The other thing that some people ask me about is because of this whole rash of people getting packages stolen from their homes. I know mm-hmm. that there is no real you, there's no real way to stop people, but there's so many security home systems out there. I know you probably deal with them on different budget levels, but is there anyone that you kind of recommend for mm-hmm. let's say your your general consumer? Is there one that at least or a brand that stands out for you? So we recently just partnered up uh, with Vivint. Uh, and uh, Ironically, Vivint, you know, is titled as like a smart home company and all that, but they're definitely alarms and security first. They're, they're, they're the number two company in the U.S. besides ADT, I think, mm-hmm. for alarms and stuff like that. They saw the need to work with Control4 because Control4 being the largest home automation platform in the world right now. And so now that they integrate with Control4, it's really, really cool. We just did a system um, a couple weeks ago with Vivint's new panel and they're the same price as ADT and monitoring and all that, but we can then take all of their sensors and all of the stuff that it's aware of that's going on in the house and absorb it into control four and then really make the magic happen. For instance, I could have a motion sensor and a camera on the front door. I could then have a button for my customer that has like an away button whenever he leaves the house, right? Mm -hmm. If the Vivint system detects motion in the front, not only would it take a snapshot of whoever's at the front, send a push notification to the client through the Control 4 system, but then also if we have outdoor speakers, we can do vo- <laughs> we, we can do text to voice, no problem, or do, play any kind of wave we want. It becomes home alone, basically. <laughs> like, get, get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Maybe I should do it like a Clint Eastwood voice instead. <laughs> like, get off my grass or whatever. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. And there's also like uh, security cameras that we carry. Uh, 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 that from this company in the UK that basically has all these like invisible triggers that can, that can go around. But that, again, that's a lot of stuff that um, we integrate with, but I know Vivint um, will do a lot of stuff with, with us control for dealers and make it, you know, a little bit more affordable for clients that are maybe ready to phase control for later on. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, you know, the more automate, the more true automation you have in the house and keep in mind control Four starts at like, five or 600 bucks for their brain. I mean, we're not talking about tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars like it used mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm. This stuff is totally affordable and it's scalable and it can do like crazy cool stuff that no one knows exists. <laughs> honestly, I didn't, honestly, I didn't, wasn't even super familiar. I had heard control Four briefly mentioned maybe a couple times then by you and passing. I'm like, what is this? And now that I'm talking to him, I'm like, I need to get on that train. Yeah, totally. And there was this uh, company, you might be familiar with it. Uh, something net, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was a net or B net or maybe something else, but uh, they, they would do the smart home like in what Atlanta or somewhere in Georgia, mm-hmm. they'd be doing a smart home. It was like Kentucky. And I think I think it's Kentucky or something, something like, that. like that. And then I kept on sending them like comments and emails of being like what you're showing. Cause they would have a lot of bad reviews on the own st- the, their own stuff that they were setting up. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, it doesn't really truly, mm-hmm. it's a lot of separate subsystems, yada, yada, yada. And then I kept on saying, you guys need to look in control for And then they were basically saying, well, that requires a dealer. And I said, sure it does, but it's nowhere near in the price point that, you know, P 
people think it is. And wouldn't you rather have like a certified trained person who's been doing this for a long time, set the stuff up for you and even help you with all the DIY products you bought that you don't know how to use. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, it just makes a lot more sense going that route, but I totally understand like the DIY automation becomes more interesting, but I'm telling you, it's going to get to like the 12 to 20 remote controls or apps, <laughs> you know, very soon. Well, I don't, I don't work for that company anymore. So whatever. <laughs> I know. I know. Whatever. To, screw heck, with, them. to heck with them. To screw, heck with them. them. <laughs> screw them. Screw them. In fact, if they come by my door, I'll have my Vivint system and they'll say, yeah, yeah. keep the chains, you filthy animal. Girl, <laughs> screw <laughs> that, dude. I'll have, a, I'll have a crossbow set up for you with a sniper nice. or something. Nice. You know? <laughs> nice. Automated. I'm, Take it to another level. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with that. All right. This has honestly been some great information and um, so much great stuff here, Patrick. Before we go, uh, I wanted to ask you. I know you told me about the crazy 180-degree time my blinds with the <laughs> sunset, but do you have any other maybe out-there stories from your home smart home installations that, that come to mind or something that you were like, oh, man, that was crazy? Yeah, this year has been a, a crazy one. Um, obviously, the economy is doing pretty well. Um, the I have a client. There was a, this was a long project. He lives in London, and he was building a custom home in uh, in, in L.A. <laughs> and uh, I took him on a home tour to show him other projects I've done in the past. And he saw a video wall in one of my clients' condos. And it's kind of a two part cool story because that client well, lives in Century City with a bunch of celebrities in this in this very popular building, and they would not let the guy get like a ten thousand gallon you know fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> aquarium i have no idea why he's on the 32nd floor so weird that they would say no um <laughs> maybe rihanna upstairs didn't approve of it or something i don't know that's that's my the la and me dropping names yeah, but yeah. anyway so i did a video wall for him and i found the coolest videos that i would show on repeat of like tropical fish mm-hmm, tanks mm-hmm. and the guy was like this is incredible the the client who was getting the home tour he's like i need to have that in my house so he took it a step further and we put 16 panels that created this video wall from a brand called Planar. And Planar Layard is not really known that well because they are really the panels behind some of the largest video walls you see like in stadiums. They might have like a Panasonic uh, 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 logo or something mm-hmm. like that, but the actual panels are made by this brand that we carry. And so we did a 25 foot wide video wall. This what? picture's on my Instagram also <laughs> uh, with me programming it. it. It's hard to see it in scale but it's massive. It's 16 panels from floor to ceiling in his biggest room. And what we're doing is working on visual effects to recreate like a never ending hallway. Oh my God. To make it look like the house never ends. And like the possibilities are endless. He keeps coming up with better and better ideas. Like right now we just have like a 4k, you know, simulated stuff with cool music in the background. uh, Like when the house is being demoed and stuff. But I'm working on this uh, uh, to to do like really cool simulated videos in there. So it becomes like wall art. So the whole wall art thing, which is why I guess Samsung's frame TV became popular. Mm-hmm. Um, this takes it to a whole other level because you've got something that you don't even know is a big video wall. It just looks like a decoration because it's playing movable art and all this crazy stuff is happening. And uh, that was something I had never done before to that scale. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I said, my clients are the ones that give me give me most of the awesome ideas that we come up with. Hey man, it's good to be the king. Okay, yeah, those guys. Right? Those guys. Seriously, it's it's uh. good to be the. I mean, I can't. You know. Oh, you know what? I'm just just for you know for business purposes. Just remember, um, in case not that you would do this, but I'm just saying you could bring it up. Hey guys, um, eight K is just around the corner. So when you wanna <laughs> when you wanna re refit that wall, 
eight K's just right around the corner. Just want to let you our, all know. Just want to let you know. Our existing clients are our favorite clients because they already trust our, our you know, our, our business <laughs> and us, and they are the constant upgraders because like you and me are constant upgraders. I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. constantly upgrading on a smaller scale anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but these guys, when they upgrade, it's like, Jesus, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, uh, do we, should we still have the air conditioning running in the West wing in this 20,000 square foot house for just the two of you? Or should we just go ahead and automate that to turn off? <laughs> I mean, straight up, we need to, we need to, we need to get you a TV show or we need to work together. This is like, crib, this is like cribs future. Forget like MTV cribs. Oh yeah. Forget this all is, that. This is cribs future. The stuff that you're telling me right now, I'm just like, wow, this is wild. This is no, wild. I could spend weeks talking about this. It's awesome. And, 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 and man, it's just, it's been really fun, you know, it's uh, to, to, to do all this stuff and watch it change constantly. There's never a dull moment for sure. Well, you know, I also appreciate you went on your own to do this, to build this from the ground up to, and you know, obviously hustle, do that and continue to hustle. And so I feel like you and I kind of have that kindred spirit thing where I'm starting this new journey and everything, but it's like, you know, it's, it's part, it's part of the journey. The jobs that we do don't define us, but if we can make them fun and enjoy it, then damn, like that's what it should be like, you know, that's, that's living the dream dude, for sure. So, um, Patrick, I just want to say thanks again for coming on. Um, when there's new stuff or things that you want to talk about, we'd love to have you back on the show. Maybe the next time Apple drops, something about their new smart home initiative or whatever they do, if they ever do anything, we can bring you back in to talk about, you know, your thoughts on that. But I just want to say thank you so much. And I hope that I'm sure that a lot of people that listen to this learned a lot of things. Cause I now know about Josh AI and control Four, and I'm going to start looking at that like deeply that, that just stuff sounds awesome. It's, it's so amazing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, I hope for people to really, you know, listen to it and, and adopt it and look it up because it's a, uh, it's really cool stuff that's out there, especially your listeners who are already so tech savvy mm-hmm. who really love this stuff and kind of live it and breathe it like you and I do. And it's uh it's really fun. Okay, Patrick, uh, one more thing. Can you tell people again and just remind them where they can find your content, whether, you know, you talked about your Instagram a lot. So just what are those locations and whatever the Twitter name, the IG name that they can follow on the website? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's uh, Future Automation Design. Uh, so that's all one word, Future Automation Design. And Instagram is where I'm heavily uh, active right now. We also have a Facebook page, same thing, uh, with Future Automation Design. And Twitter with the same thing. See, I wanted to go with the uh, the, the shortest name possible. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then also I wanted to mention, uh, you know, my son is growing up with all of this, uh, oh all this gosh. crazy tech stuff. It's kind of like he's 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 kind of he's kind of going. I think I should have named him Neo instead of uh, Sebastian. <laughs> but uh, we uh, started a YouTube channel with his idea called the Tech and Travel Family. Oh yes. So we're starting to uh, to kind of mix what we do between traveling and uh, and all this crazy tech. And so uh, if anybody's interested in following that, uh, we're, we're working on it. We've got a lot of content ready, but we're uh, we're learning as we go. <laughs> I love it. I love the plugs. That that is so awesome. So thanks yeah. again, Patrick. Really appreciate, it, buddy. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Brian. Take care. Have a great night. All right. So there you go. Our fun. Smart home talk with my buddy Patrick. Just really cool stuff, and I'm really going to look into that Control 4 stuff because that just sounds wild. All right, thanks again for everyone who has listened to the show and support the show. Shout out to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jared Lewis, and Calvin Fatikar. Thank you, thank you so much for that. And you've heard this show. You know that if you can't support it financially, I'd love to get a five-star review from you. I mean... That's if it's worth five stars, but we have over 1,000 five-star reviews on iTunes. If you leave a five-star review and also 
put some nice comments about this show. It helps bump it up in the algorithm, helps other people see it, helps let more eyeballs listen in. I would just greatly appreciate that as well. So that's going to do it for this week. I am off to CES 2020. It's going to be a beast. It's a whole lot of work, but I love it. it. It's just so exciting, and it's great to see a lot of old faces and friends there. I will have a show that week once I return, so we'll talk about all the stuff I saw, maybe how it relates to Apple, but just to kind of keep you all in the know of all the big trends that are happening at CES 2020. So until then, everybody, take care, be safe, we'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.